Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Derek Van Ness. Derek, you're the founder and owner of Big Life Financial. You're on the web at biglifefinancial.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy to be here, Josh. So Derek, I'm really excited to chat about uh, some ways that you can help business owners save a lot of money. Uh, yeah. But if you wouldn't mind, maybe just a little bit about your origin story and how you came to uh, be the founder of Big Life Financial. And you guys, I know, are doing some really great business. We are. We are. Um, so, you know, really, I, uh, my story is, I don't know if it's common or not, but came out of school, went to work at a corporate job and just hated it, right? I felt like a, yeah. a tiger in a cage doing, doing phone sales. So I wanted to start my own thing. And uh, so I started flipping houses before flipping houses was the thing. It was just <laughs> buy it, fix it up and resell it, you know, back in my, my late 20s. And I thought, you know, if I could buy a house, live in it for a couple of months, fix it up, resell it, make 30 grand and do that a couple times a year, I can make six figures, which was pretty good for a 28, 29 year old, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I came to find out that's a really serious business. And we got to the point where we were doing 20 or 30 of them a year. And we did that for five, six, seven years, making hundreds of thousands of dollars and you know, lots of money and lots of fun. And then slammed into that wall in 2008 and 2009, because I was doing it in Los Angeles. And if you know anything about real estate, you know, Southern California got just annihilated. Yeah. So I, uh, I jumped off that cliff and landed on my head, lost everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, really became determined to figure out like, how do, I, how do I build a financial strategy that every time the market crashes, because it does about every 10 years when you start to look yeah. at it, like, how do I protect myself from that? How do I get ahead? How can I be smarter with my money? Because I was making a lot, but I also was spending a lot. I wasn't keeping a lot. I wasn't building long-term wealth. And, uh, and so all of those questions came up. So I, I went to work with uh, the smartest person I knew and learned how to do that. And a couple of years ago, kind of took the jump after working with thousands of business owners to doing it on my own and building my own team because I had my own approach and my own ideas and some of the things that I really wanted to do. And I just love being in business for myself. So really passionate about helping people live a big life. And I feel like the main reason most people don't is they, they don't understand money. And so it holds them back. And so they're afraid to do things or they don't understand how to build enough, uh, I mean, enough assets or enough income or whatever it is that they need so that they can really be who they're here to be. So my goal is to remove money as the bottleneck so that people can do the work they're here to do as human beings. And so with Big Life Financial, who do you serve today and, and in what ways do you serve them? So we'll kind of start of like a high level overview and then we'll start getting into your strategies because it's pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we serve small business owners. I would classify as small business owners as probably my typical clients, 50 50 employees or less, all the way down to one employee. We work with a lot of solo entrepreneurs, you know, who have marketing businesses and that kind of stuff. Um, and we, we offer ideally tax and financial strategies. There's mm. things like we teach people how to file for research and development credits. We help people, we do tax reviews. I have some CPAs that, that we work with who do those. And we find that 
like over 90% of people, small business owners are vastly overpaying taxes on average per hundred thousand dollars of income. They're paying, paying, uh, $11,000 or more, uh, Mm -hmm. over in taxes. So if you're making a couple hundred grand, you're probably overpaying 20 or $30,000 a year. And we just think that's criminal. That pays for a lot of college and a lot of vacations and a lot of lifestyle and a lot of retirement. So we like to help people recapture that. And then the other thing that we do is we help them be smarter with it um, mm-hmm. because we have some systems and, and we try and help uh, business owners get past what I call the business owner's dilemma, which is, do I yeah. save my money and have it for my business or do I try and put it to work somewhere, but right. know that I may not be able to get to it. And that sucks as a business owner, right? You're kind of caught in a catch 22 there. Uh, we have worked with and figured out a system to help people to be able to do both at the same time in a very tax efficient way that lets you focus on being great at your business and not having to try and be a stock market expert or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't mind, <laughs> I could you, cause you've shared some things there and I'm sure like uh, our, our business owner audience is listening like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. All right, yeah, Derek, yeah. please school us. Okay. So, Um, I will talk more about what we call the money maximization model, which is the, what do you do with your money once you've saved it? Because taxes, it's a little more straightforward. There's a bunch of little things that people are just missing. But on this side of things, what it really comes down to is we think that separating entrepreneurs from their money is the worst thing that can happen, right? That's in your business is where you've got all your expertise, all your passion, all your experience, and you're in it every single day. You have control of it. And so why would you take all that money and give it to a guy you don't know to invest in something you don't understand and you have no control over, right? Like it doesn't, to me, that doesn't make sense for business owners. So, um, but a lot of people want their money to grow. So what we do is we actually use, um, and there's a lot of different ways to do this. So it's different for everybody. So I'll speak in generalities here, but we use a specific type of life insurance policy Mm-hmm. with a specific type of life insurance company. Now, I know a lot of people have hangups about life insurance, like it's super expensive or it has a lot of fees. Right. Actually, when you get in and break down the numbers, if the policy's structured right, the fees are quite cheap, especially long-term. Like they're most of the fees you pay up front. So people feel like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of fees. And in the first two years it is. But if you're going to be in something for more than 10 years, life insurance is actually quite a bit cheaper than something like a stock market portfolio. And the longer you're in it, the cheaper it gets relative to that. So what we like to see, and and once again, that's a broad stroke based on, you know, generalities about stock market fees. But the reality is we can put money in there. We can grow it and get a really nice rate of return consistently um, in a tax deferred, or if you do it right, it can even be a tax-free growth inside the policy. Mm -hmm. And then you can take that money and you can use it for your business. And we actually teach you how to turn that into a banking system. So once you put a dollar into that system, it's either it's, it works for you for the rest of your life, either inside the policy or inside your business where we teach you how to pay yourself back plus interest. Mm -hmm. And I won't get into the details of all that, but the reality of recapturing all that money, just think about all the money you've paid in loans, credit cards, mortgages, business loans, student loans. If you could recapture all that money throughout your lifetime and put it into an account that's consistently earning you four five, 6% or more every single year, in a very tax efficient way, you can see how over time that really adds up and it makes a massive dis- difference for business owners because they know they're going to get consistent growth. They know they're saving taxes and they're liquid. So when something like COVID comes along, it's like, oh, we're fine. We got plenty of cash. Or the guy who's, who's your competitor down the street decides he's going to retire 
And because you've got access to cash, you can go and pick up his business at pennies on the dollar, right? right? And huge opportunities come along. So it really is your emergency and opportunity fund to, uh, to grow your business. Now, is this, again, just, um, you know, maybe just sure. a, the next le- level deep from that, uh, sure. then, so th- this would be setting up a life policy that you're, what, able to borrow against? No, it's, uh, you're, you've paid into it, and that becomes the capital that you're able to use. I, I, again, just C- correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on this, which is why I try to surround myself with very, very smart people. <laughs> Listen yeah. to all the ideas, get them talking together, and then make a smart decision that way. I think that's very wise. The more information you have, the better, <laughs> as long as you don't let it par- par- uh, paralyze you, right? Right, right. So, so yeah, you you contribute money into the insurance policy and it builds up over time. And like I said, we, we really structure these policies. So you start building cash immediately. Whereas like if you just buy one off the shelf, it takes a while to grow. So there's a big difference there and you don't want to make the mistake of like trying to do that on your own or you'll probably do it wrong. Right. Uh, you want to work with a pro. But uh, yeah, when you put the money in there, it goes in, it starts earning interest for you. And then when you need it, you do borrow against it as opposed to pulling the money out. And the main reason we mm. do that is if you, if you pull the money out, if any of that is interest, like growth, then you would pay taxes on it. By using the loan provision, uh-huh. we're able to avoid the tax on that money. So you get to use it, pay it back in, let it continue to grow um, tax, tax deferred. And then if you um, only use the loan provisions, like you'll never pay taxes on that money. And then when you die, it'll pay out to your, uh, your, your death benefit will pay out tax-free, income tax-free too. So all that growth inside the account, you get to grow it, you get to use it, and you get to pass it on tax-free if you do it the right way. Interesting. Um, what would happen if you had a business owner <clears throat> uh, who's doing very well in business, but has absolutely invested against or, or uh, borrowed against their business to make investments in their business? So it's paying off, mm-hmm. but you're also paying that down. But you're also like, well, crap, I got this line of credit, I got this small business loan, got this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this uh, credit card that's, you know, with the business. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, there's interest rates. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, at, yeah. at various levels. Oh boy, Josh, this is very oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds like you, you uh, must see, know I, this person this is, very well. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So I'm just this hypothetical person, right? Uh, yeah, but yeah. like I said, otherwise, you know, very, very smart plays uh, in terms of, you know, uh, borrowing to invest in the business. Um, yeah. How does how does someone like that, uh, you know, make a decision? Like, what would be a good next step for them? Should it be like, well, you probably want to pay this other stuff down first, and then sure. start, you know, kind of growing this? What generally is the path? Yeah, so um, it depends. It's it's all on your big picture, right? And what what's going on. So what we want to do is there's there's looking at something from a micro viewpoint, which is is this one thing a good investment or is paying this off a good choice? And then there's the macro picture of like, if I do this, how does it impact everything else, right? Mm -hmm. It might be something like, oh, if I pay down my credit cards first, my credit will go up, then I can refinance my house, pay off my business loans. And now all of a sudden I've freed up like $4,000 a month in cash flow that I can use for other things or, or different kinds of things, right? Where pieces work together. So what we would do in something like that, Josh, is, uh, probably gather some information and I would look at the, we call it cash flow cleanup, the inefficiencies of what's going on cash wise, mm. because there's good debt and there's bad debt. 
And like, if you have super, super cheap debt, three, four, 5%, it probably right. never makes sense to pay that off. You can earn mm. so much more with the dollars that you would use to pay that off faster right. that you should just reinvest them and don't let the debt scare you. Um, but when that's got, the thing that, you yeah. know, and that's the thing I'd say from my own psychology now, thankfully, you know, again, had really great, smart people, everything's all the debt is in the business, which is great. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't have that on me personally anymore. Um, and not every business owner's like that though. Um, sure. so sure. yeah, no, we, we have some really Ty Crandall over at credit suite really got our business credit like a a a plus so we got like Good. sba funding it was and it was so smart because then we were able to invest in opportunities and those opportunities yeah. like i said it paid off really really well so now see this is great about having a podcast I, you know as long as i don't mind being transparent with the audience you know i get to sure. get to talk about my own situation <laughs> with re- again really really smart people so yeah yeah and at the end of the day josh it comes down to like most important thing, honestly, is cash in the business or access yeah. to cash. We don't want to deplete that. And then the other thing that that impacts is your mindset because that's your most valuable asset. That's what makes the business go. If we put Josh or hypothetical man in a position where it messes with his head and he doesn't perform well at work, mm. all those loans can become a liability, right? So yeah. we're always looking at balancing. Of course, there's the financial and the ROI and the interest rates, but there's also the mental capacity and how does that affect me from an abundance or a scarcity standpoint? A lot of people are working from scarcity. They make all their decisions out of fear. And when you're doing that, it's almost always the wrong decision. So we really want to do everything we can to shift you to an abundance mindset. So you feel powerful, you feel confident, you're making decisions from the point of expanding through this as opposed to like trying to tighten the belt and shrink your way through it because you can't shrink your way to greatness, right? Mm. So Yeah. So it is a big picture thing, but some of it is about mental, especially when you're talking about a small business, the business owner is pivotal in all of that. Derek, you don't sound like a typical wealth strategist. You're, you're, you're you're weaving in some, uh, you know, psychology and, uh, and, and uh, spirituality into this. Why, why? You know, honestly, I I worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and part of my job in that was uh, working with them on something we called soul purpose which is really like, why did you get into the business? Who are you as a human being? What, what are you here to accomplish in this lifetime? And then how do we build financial structures around that? What I saw so many times, Josh, is people chase the money and they build an income stream, but it comes with a life that they hate. They have to be attached to their phone. They can't be present with their family. They have to fly all over yeah. the country. They have to do a lot of things that they were trying to avoid in the first place to make the money. And so what happens is they have to burn all that financial stuff down to get back to who they really are and then rebuild it. So the goal was, and always is like, who are you as a human? What do you want to accomplish? Now we know how to build a financial structure that supports that, right? That's, that's really important. And I think a lot of people get it backwards. So that's why it's so important to me to start with like, what do you want out of life? Just to be rich isn't what you want. You want money for something. Is it more time with your family? Is it glamour so you can fly around, you know, fly around the world and party on yachts? Or what, what is important to you? What does that money actually mean? Let's get to that first and then align the money with that because that way you can create a life where you're doing the things you want to do and you're earning along the way as opposed to earning and then figuring out how to fit your life in along the side of that. You know, I saw that you had 
posted something somewhere, uh, got a note here. You know, you say, it, uh, you know, if you aren't getting money back from the IRS, then you're, you're likely leaving money on the table. How, yeah. how is that the case? Yeah, specifically uh, in that case, we help a lot of companies file for research and development credits. So anybody who's in what? M- yep, medical, manufacturing, um, anything to do with blueprints like construction, uh, software development, these types of companies, the government actually has incentive programs where if you spend dollars to do these and you're experimenting and you're creating new stuff, there's money on the table there that you can recoup and get back from the government. They'll literally send you a check. And so we work with a lot of, a lot of businesses and I do a lot in medical because we work with a lot of dentists, chiropractors, mm-hmm. um, and then also construction, a lot of real estate people, uh, developers and stuff. And it's like a no brainer. If you're in those industries, you, a lot of what you do qualifies and people just don't know about it for small businesses because up until 2015, it, it was really cumbersome to do the work. It, it costs mm-hmm. more than you would get back for the CPA to do all the due diligence and everything. But now with software and the IRS has software that interacts with people, it's gotten a lot easier and the rules have changed a little bit with that, that path act in 2015. So it's kind of a new thing for really smaller businesses. It used to be mm-hmm. just the big guys who could do it, but right. now, now even yeah. little businesses can do it. My goodness. Uh, so uh, what, again, what industries, you said, again, anything having to do with what construction, medical, dental, um, science, anything science related, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Manufacturing, construction, uh, software development's like a total no brainer. And it's like, literally I got, I got, when a you say software to, development, what would, what would be some examples? Um, people who'd create custom software. So if you yeah. get hired by clients to create like an internal system for them, a CRM or some mm. sort of, uh, task management system, but that's custom, right? Like if you're just selling right. off the shelf software, it's different. If mm. you're an app developer, or you're doing any, any of that, it takes a ton of research to figure out what does the client need? What's the best way to approach right. this? And then you've got to experiment with code, try things, figure out what works. So there's a process of experimentation, which is one of the requirements. Um, so, so it's a home run, but it's like we did a small software development company uh, based out of New Jersey not too long ago. And they got, I think, $85,000 back over the last couple of years. Sheesh. I just got a phone call this morning from one of the chiropractors we did it for, and they just got their 2017 and 2018 money back, you know, and that was an extra, I think, $24,000. And I think they got an additional 20 a couple of months ago. Um, So it really, it starts to add up. It's real money, it's tax-free and it's money people aren't expecting. So it feels like a lot. And so through COVID, we've been talking to a lot of people about it because it's a way for them to kind of get some money to recover from what they might've missed out on through this, uh, this slowdown. Well, Derek Van Ness, your website is Big Life Financial. So on your website right now, I see where you're giving away a free copy of the book, um, What Would the Rockefellers Do? Uh, and um, yep, so you just go there and uh, where did I see that? Click, oh, it's right in the menu there. It says, get the book. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll, you'll send that to folks. Uh, it, it, this is fantastic. A- anything else that, that you recommend people like, okay, listen, I definitely like what Derek's talking about. Uh, anything else that people should look for? You know, if they're listening on a phone, they, they can text us. So if you just text the word big life to 38470, again, that's 38470. You can also get a copy of the book that way. I just know a lot of people listen to this stuff mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, honestly, if you haven't had your taxes looked at by a separate person in the last three years, yeah. we think you should have a, a new set of eyes every three years, just because that's how far back you can amend. 
and the tax code's like as long as the Harry Potter books, right? So nobody knows all the ins and outs of it and, and different people see different things. So we just think for everybody, that's a good practice, even if you're a client of ours. And, uh, you know, I, I would highly advise that to anyone listening who, who, uh, feels like they're overpaying. Brilliant. All right. Derek Van Ness, again, uh, owner and founder of Big Life Financial on the web at biglifefinancial.com. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.